0: Something
1: radical finally happened in this town. Nothing radical ever happens in this town. Wrong. In a place like Elma, that's a code red. A little news.
0: I'm the new teacher. No way.
1: Can be a big event.
0: Don't waste your time with us. I can rip the whole ABCs. We're losers. And just one person. Well, why don't we just try something else? Can make a world of difference. Pictures presents. This is a soccer ball. The story of the worst soccer
1: team. We don't play soccer. To ever hit the field. Oh, you're showing such potential. That's the team playing. They got little kids and girls on it. Hey, everybody! It's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD and I'm Randy. And today we're taking a look at another summer movie for our summer special. This time it's 1995's The Big Green.
0: Yep, in this exciting episode of The Non-Canonical Adventures of J.D. and Randy, we're checking out The Big Green. That's what I just said, without an obnoxiously long title. But J.D., don't you remember in the movie that they say that this would be even better if they had twins, and they, they repeated them both <sighs> at the same time? Yes, I remember that. So this movie stars
1: mm-hmm. Olivia
0: Dabo, mm-hmm. Steve Gutenberg, mm-hmm. Patrick Renna, yep. J.O. Sanders, John Terry, Chauncey Laparty, and Bug Hall. Yep. And a bunch of other children actors, but... Most of them don't act anymore, so... Most of them don't act anymore. I just basically listed off all the ones that still have a link on Wikipedia to another page. It's also the directorial debut of Holly Goldberg Sloan, who both directed and wrote this movie, and would go on to direct Disney's Angels in the Outfield.
1: Which is about two years later, I believe. So yeah... Stop me if you heard this one before. A bunch of ragtag kids get together to form a team that aren't very good and they are inspired by a coach to become better than they are and they win the championship game. So the Mighty Ducks but with soccer? That's pretty much the plot of this movie, yes. Uh, If you were around in the 1990s chances are you were. Uh, This is a movie that was very prevalent at the time Uh, thanks to the success of the Mighty Ducks was the sports movie starring kids. They had a whole bunch of them usually with different sports that followed the exact same plot, more or less. Or were nostalgia bait, kind of like Sandlot. Kind of like that. That one was one of the exceptions to the rule. This one isn't really an exception, but one of the reasons I chose it is because, despite the fact that the plot is more or less the same thing, is that it has more of a small-town feel, and it has more of a, a community aspect to what makes the story fun to watch. It takes a village to raise a child. Yes, and the whole point of the game is how it uh uplifts the rest of the town and gives them motivation and inspiration to uh, be better than they are and try to improve their station which is uh fun to watch
0: yeah because it's a small town in texas where the factories closed down there's not really much places to go in life uh mm-hmm. for these kids or for the parents uh the very mm-hmm. first shot of the movie has to do with them showing the billboard to the town and it's all faded glory and yep. it's like an old football team or something
1: mm-hmm. and and nothing's so th- happened in this town so the whole thing is uh we're gonna we're gonna change our station and that's what they do, and it's uh it's a fun movie to watch for that aspect of it. Uh, so, uh, with all that said out of the way, we might as well just go into general lowlights, which you could probably guess from what we said earlier, which was that it's basically the Mighty Ducks.
0: Yeah, it is tropey as hell. It hits all the
1: uh it hits all the targets. Which is a shame to be quite honest, because as I said, I liked the the parts I liked I really liked, and I wish kind of focused on that because What ends up happening is you're like, okay, this is the third act turn. We need a reason for the best player to not be there. And that's what they figure out a way to do.
0: Yeah, and they do that by the uh, best player in the team apparently being technically an illegal immigrant.
1: Yeah, and you know how it's going to turn out. He's going to come back at the end just in time for the final game. There's even penalty shots just like in the Mighty Ducks. And it's like, I kind of wish instead we would have been focusing more on the whole town and how they were getting uh, through this whole situation, how they were being inspired. Now, if you want to see that, that's Mystery Alaska. Yeah, I mean, that's the type type of thing that would have been more interesting to me. And it was when I was younger, too, because uh, I used to watch these movies because I think most everybody did at that age at that time. But it's when it stuck with me for longer than the other ones did because of that aspect. So it would have been nice to see more of it. So we're in agreement. Our low light is just that it's too much, too derivative of what it is. Yeah, I mean, as you watch a sports movie and it has 1990-something on it, it's probably going to be basically the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, it's... Including the the sequels to the Mighty Ducks.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they always hit the same points. You always have the funny fat kid uh, Mm. who eventually goes on to be a meth head in real life. uh, You get the... what? What did I say? Uh, uh, I'm not implying anything about Patrick Arena, who plays Larry Musgrove in here. Nor am I uh, saying anything about the guy who's played Goldberg in the, in the Mighty Ducks films.
1: Yeah, there's always the rebel, hotshot player. There's always stuff like that. There's, there's, like you said, you know what's going to happen. You know what characters are going to end up where. But uh, like to me, that's not really the appeal of this one. It's uh, everything around it, more or less.
0: So a highlight for me in this movie, so mm-hmm. to do a quick turn, yeah. is that... Larry, when he's in the net, he has his fears. He, it's like, right. as I as I yelled at you for for the last time, just because he's a fat kid, it doesn't mean he should be the goalie. But that's <laughs> always the case. But he's so scared of the all, the other team yeah. that he hallucinates and sees them as what their team name is. So it's yeah. like he's fighting the knights, and he'll hallucinate and see them as a bunch of knights. Whoa! Yeah. And then um, I will. He'll see them as a bunch of. Uh, vikings or a bunch of pirates or and so on so forth yep. and it's cool until at the end when he uh manifests them all as himself and causes the alt other team to hallucinate that him as all of the people that he has defeated yeah that was a good twist around i like that part
1: that that's a definitely a highlight of the film for me that uh is probably the thing too is probably well well known about this movie because um it, at the time it was advertised that was probably i think in all the previews that part specifically the uh, little kid who's dressed like the buccaneer whose head pops in from the side the right side of the screen (laughs) Yar! yeah that that sort of stuff uh the movie was advertised to be a lot more wacky than it actually is because the poster which probably everybody knows is him getting hit in the balls with the soccer ball
0: yeah and the poster just has all the kids like hastily edited in, poking their heads in off the side as if they're uh, which, by the way, Ed Boon going, Toasty!
1: Which, by the way, doesn't happen in the movie. Yeah. Not, there's nothing
0: like that the, in the closest movie. we get to that part in the movie of them poking their heads out of the side of the camera is the yeah. buccaneer kid going, ha 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 ha! ha. Yep.
1: Yar! There isn't a whole lot in the way of uh, lowbrow humor either, which you would expect for a sort of movie. I think there's a reference to a fart at the beginning of the movie and that's it. There's nothing really like that it's also one of the things I like the movie is it feels a lot more homey because of that, you know? And surprisingly, there's it's a lot less horny than these movies get with the
0: uh, main coach being yeah, yeah. a beautiful British woman.
1: Yeah, it was just them kind of uh, being normal and getting into a relationship slowly, which is nice. Like, I
0: mean, there's literally a point in the movie where she's uh, bopping the uh, ball on her head and they're actually watching the ball and not her chest.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, they're younger kids, but I mean, like, it's, it's just like more of a family movie and... If it didn't come out around the time of the Mighty Ducks, I think it would probably... I don't know. Maybe it would be more well-known because aside from the tropes, it's pretty good at what it does. As I said, the main weakness is that you can't really divorce it from the time because a lot of movies had the same general plot.
0: Yeah, that's it. As we said before in our low light, it's just that it's the same plot.
1: Yeah. Same
0: plot, different name. It's like there was a blueprint for making these types of movies, but... doesn't mean that they're bad movies. They're usually
1: enjoyable. That's one of the reasons too that I chose this one because I knew we were gonna we were doing these types of movies. That we have to, we have to pick one of these movies because we have to talk about it because it was it's an unavoidable subject really.
0: And really these movies are still being made with almost the exact same formula
1: yeah. to this day. Because it's a successful formula, it works. Uh, but the reason I chose this one is because I like the aspects of it outside of that enough that I think it was worth talking about. And worth watching again. And um, compared to the other ones we could have watched, I think it's probably the best choice, to be quite honest. <laughs> I can't really...
0: Like, I remember this one. This is more memorable than Little Giants. This is more memorable yeah. than Angel in the Outfield. Does Angel in the Outfield have Christopher Lloyd, or am I confusing it with another movie?
1: Okay. Angel in the Outfield, Christopher Lloyd, and Little Giants has Rick Moranis. This one doesn't okay, really have much in yeah. the way of stars, but for some reason I find it more memorable than either of those. Which says something, because I said it's at its core. I think it's a lot more fun and interesting than those ones are, and it's worth ta- worth highlighting because I think it's worth seeing if you haven't seen these types of movies, or maybe you feel like watching like one of these types of movies and you've never seen it before.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's like if you have kids watch it. It's like with that said, I I I can break this movie right off the bat if you want, J D. Yeah. Yeah, I give this movie a three. It's yeah. it's just totally fine. It's nothing phenomenal. It's nothing horrid. It's just a fun movie you could watch. Preferably with your children, or preferably with a younger relation, because there's really not much there if you're an adult watching this alone, unless you're sitting there in the dark drinking
1: and watching it like it's one of your old sports uh, tapes from <laughs> high school. But Or you're just nostalgia, and yeah. you want to see the movie again, I guess. Like I said, it's a, it's a solid three. It's good. It's solid. It does what it wants to do. It uh, doesn't have quite enough to pull it above the pack, but it has enough unique to make it worth seeing if you like those types of things, I think. And
0: really, the only pieces of trivia to, related with this is simply the majority of the children actors would just stop acting. Like, not do anything really after this movie. Mm-hmm. That's the big piece of trivia. Um, also, that it
1: made its budget back at the box office, which oh, wasn't yeah.
0: that big. The The... the... Budget was twelve million, but it
1: made back. But it made seventeen point seven million. You look at million. this movie; you can tell there's not. There's not really a whole lot you could spend money on in this in this movie, and they clearly didn't. And, and because it it's in, a
0: Disney movie, and because Disney doesn't like them, the bad guy is an IRS auditor. <laughs> but,
1: well, the movie also is um, a nineteen ninety five kids sports movie. That's the, the exact period where they were at their highest. So you'd really have to screw up to uh, to not make your money back in that period. But yeah, there's not a whole lot really to say about this one. I just felt it was a movie just worth talking about just at least a little bit. I think it's fine. Yeah, John Anderson of the Los Angeles Times described the film
0: as a uh, puckless mighty ducks and described the young characters as an endearing group.
1: And I, I agree with okay. that. Okay. That's that's a fair enough assessment, I'd say. If you like these types of movies, give it a go. You're not going to be disappointed. If you don't, it's not going to change your mind. Most of the movie's charm lies in its portrayal of the children as an adorable, if exasperating,
0: multicultural version of our gang. Yeah, I guess you could say that.
1: It's, uh... That's Stephen Holden from the New York Times. Although, again, the kids kind of feel like normal kids. They're not really exaggerated a whole lot. It just feel like normal kids. That's it. That's the thing. It it feels normal. That's one of the appeals of the movie. Like I said, it was advertised as being a lot more wacky than it was probably because of the, uh... The expectation that it had to outdo the Mighty Ducks and that sort of thing, but it doesn't.
0: Off topic, but on topic, is the trailer, which I haven't looked at yet, as bad as the Bicentennial Man trailer. Uh... That makes the movie out to be something that it's not. It might be a little bit, but
1: I wouldn't say it to that extent. But
0: it doesn't suffer as, tonal, as much tonal whiplash as what you're saying as that.
1: For those who don't aren't aware, Bicentennial Man was a movie starring Robert Williams as a robot who ends up Living traveling, for two, traveling years. through time periods because he's a robot and immortal. So he ends up uh, traveling through time and finding weird things and uh it's kind of dour a okay bit. so so by traveling through
0: time we mean he lives for 200 yeah, yeah, years bicentennial. he lives for 200 years while caring for the same family throughout the generations watching them grow up and die as he self-actualizes yeah. by the end
1: but for some reason the original trailer made it out to be a comedy and literally highlighted like the one comedic moment in the entire they were trying
0: they tried to make it out to be a robotic
1: mrs doubtfire it was weird it was really bizarre I don't think there's ever been a trailer as misrepresentative as that one for what the movie's about. But I think we'd have to exaggerate at least a little bit. I mean, I think even the Three Ninjas trailer we saw Disneyed it up a bit. Yeah. Because it's not really like that. So I would say probably the same sort of thing. But, like, it's not going to really change your mind either way. It is what it is, so.
0: Yeah, like I said, that was just a tangent. I had to bring it up because you were talking about remembering the trailer so much, selling it. Mm. But...
1: For me, the one with the biggest tonal whiplash is Bicentennial Man. Yeah, because I still remember seeing the trailer, then watching the movie, and even in the theater going, this isn't that. (laughs) Not even close. Well, yeah, okay. I guess that's all we really got to say about this one. There's not a whole lot else to say. It's uh, 90s sports movies for kids, so.
0: Yep. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not more canon
1: for kids, but. No, we already covered that one. So, uh, with that said, um, we'll see you next time when we continue our cruise through our summer catalog. And, um, yeah, we'll continue our detour. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Their goalie is starting to see things.
0: I'm not feeling so good about this. That's a it
1: down. Their captain wants to quit.
0: Could we get out of here? This is embarrassing. And even their newest player... I'm your man. ...is shooting blanks. Uh. Go for the kill. But playing for the smallest town in the state... He's running is about to become They're nothings from nowhere. We're not the nothings from nowhere.
1: We're the alma nothings. The biggest kick of their lives. Uh, 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 We're Come on, come on. Maybe I, I can get into this. this.
0: Yay. Yay. The people who brought you Disney's Angels in the Outfield. Hey, you know they're getting better. Now
1: we got ourselves a real game.
0: (laughs) Walt Disney Pictures, The Big Green.